It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth there. And it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife. As old Maggie Heat, baby And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites So welcome everyone to well, another episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark, and, and Matt Macklin. And this is kind of a, the second part of a Birmingham two-parter because last week we put out our, our second chat with John Pegg which was eventful, as always, Matt, I think it's fair to say, down, down the east side. Uh, freezing cold upstairs room where we could both see our own breath. It took, took you back to your old small Heath days, which is pretty much where we are now. We're just around the corner uh, from the gym. We're at Sean Cogan's gym, Cogan's Corner, and he's just opened it today, just a, a few minutes ago. It's a really, really good gym, really nice big space, big ring in the middle, plenty of room all around the outside of it. Uh, quite a lot bigger, actually, than, than a lot of gyms I get to. And, and what we've done today is we've recruited some of Matt Clinton's Boxing friends from Birmingham, shall we say. Matt would probably better introduce uh, the crowd that we've got assembled here. A fine, a fine body of men. Uh, and what I'm very hopeful for this one. I'm very, very hopeful that, um, that we're going to hear some good tales from Macklin's past. I, I'm slightly obsessed with this. I, I, keep, I keep saying on the podcast that we need to hear more stories about Macklin because I know that there are loads. Um, and he won't tell them himself. And... I think you might, although he did say to me that he'd assembled you all deliberately because he feels like, and up to you how you take this, he feels like he exercises some kind of mind control over you uh, and that you won't no, say they're anything. they're just too old to remember me going through all the shenanigans. They'd been and gone at that point, more or less. Paul was still around a little bit, oldest swinger in town. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not quite, not Matt, quite. Just tell us, tell us who we've got so, here. So, we've got Paul Ramsey but he was known as Paul Denton as a pro. Anthony Maynard, Darren Sweeney, and Sean Cogan. So, basically, when, when I started boxing, um, 
I said to my dad I wanted to box. So I was 10 years old and he, my dad's friend was a guy called Pat Sweeney who was involved in the Sean McDermott's GAA club. Now he's the only person we knew that boxed was his son Darren. So he took me up to the Smallheath Boxing Club where Darren boxed. Paul had just turned pro, I think, had been an ABA champion, boxed world championships, boxed for England many, many times. Anthony, in fact, the first ever show I went to was the first round of the ABAs and uh, Darren was boxing on it and Anthony Maynard stopped some guy with a body shot and it was at the Hardy Spicer Club, probably 1993 or 94 ABAs and uh, I think Sean Cogan had turned pro because I remember there was a poster on the wall and that. But anyway, this is, uh, these, these would have been older than me as small. These were all probably senior Boxers at the time, or like I said, Paul had turned pro, Sean had turned pro, but Darren and Anthony were in the senior ABAs, and I was only uh, a young 10-year-old, but uh, yeah. So, so take us back to some early days, because you, you fellas have been around boxing all your lives, and you, you, you've done it all between you. You've done absolutely pretty much everything you can do, and Sean's uh, very much uh, still involved as a, as a trainer. We see his fighters often. So, Paul, what was the... How did it all start for you? What was takes back to that first day in the gym? Actually, let's go around everybody and just say first day I think in the let, gym. Let Darren go first because he's on the pressure for time, <laughs> and he'll get he'll get the ball rolling. Me, me and Paul got longer. <laughs> Brain's working slowly, trying to um, trying to think now. There was a few guys from my. Um, I used to play football, but I broke my ankle a couple of times. There's a few guys from. Um, from my school who used to box so I just joined Small Leaf and got to know Paul and the whole Paul, Mark Maynard um, Sean Colgan and a whole heap of others and just loved the atmosphere and just carried on boxing from there Sean, what about you? Yeah, I started boxing before these lads I started in 1980 when I first started uh, and obviously we all met up over the years all the way through. I didn't really know Matthew because I was a few years ahead of Matthew well 10, 12 years ahead of Matthew. I, think I, was, I, was prof- <laughs> I was professional when he was just starting. My dad actually took Matthew in for his first or second amateur fight in eight, 94. Three or four, nine, 94 it was, yeah, 94. So we linked that kind of way. See, my dad took him in for his first amateur. And obviously we all, we all sparred together many, many rounds. Not Matthew, obviously. He's too young. Child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> me and Paul sparred the lot. Me and Matt sparred. Yeah. Yeah. I remember sparring Paul when I was about 15, and Paul was a pro. Obviously, he was taking it easy on me. But at that time, when, when these lads were boxing, Small Eats was like a, a good club. Not that it wasn't a good club when I was boxing, but it was like there was good structure there. You had Trevor and George, and it was very much, they, they had a great team together. There was like loads, there was probably 20 lads that were decent lads at that time, all sparring with each other. When I was kind of going well. I was on my own, really. I mean, with, with a few here and there, James McKinley, David Harkin, and Mark and Paul were still boxing amateur. Were still, were still training at Small Heath. They were man, managed by Brendan Ingle, but he did all your training still at Small Heath, really. So at that time, really, we it wasn't so much that... I mean, Pat was probably... Pat, Pat was an old man even then, do you know what I mean? So Pat wouldn't take you on the pads or really do any training. He'd watch your spars and he'd, he'd, he was great in the corner on the night of the fight, but he weren't really training you in the gym where a lot of my training really was with, with Paul, Paul Rams, and, and you know, Colin, Mickey Harkin when he wasn't locked up yeah. was, was a good trainer. <laughs> no, do you know, that, that I'm laughing, but it's true, isn't it? When, when and Mickey, he's locked up when now. Mickey, when Mickey wasn't locked up, he was a brilliant trainer, but... Yeah. You might get six months with Mick, and then you might see him for two years. Do you know what I mean? So he was he was brilliant when he was there, but mo- most of the time he wasn't. So 
I, when I was only fifth, I was obviously, you know, I was a good kid. I was doing well in the championships. And that. So I used to spar a lot with Paul, uh, David Harkin. So they were older and bigger, but they'd take it easy on me. And that, that's where I did a lot of my sparring and learnt, really, I suppose. You know what I mean? You learn off the ones that went before you. So tell us about your first day, first day in the gym. What, what brought you through the doors in the first place? I'm always interested in this. What, what, cause it's quite an intimidating thing, I think, for a lot of people who... I remember the first time I went down the gym. I didn't box when I was at school, played a lot of sport, but didn't box. And I remember first getting sent down to a gym um, to talk to fighters. And I could hear all the noise on the other side. And I'd not been down to that kind of place before. I wasn't kind of... It was weird. I wasn't scared but then when I got there I kind of hesitated is, is that the same for everybody to a degree do you think, I think see when I when I joined I was 12 and um, if you just I hold first, that a little bit closer when I first went to the gym I, you know I was 12 and like I walked in and like there was all these older guys there was a few young kids and I was like whoa I did a bit of training and I went home and I never went back. <laughs> I never went back. And then I thought, and then my brother used to say, Come on, just come to the gym, just come on, you'll be all right. So I went back with him and that was it then. I just blended in with everybody. You know, Sean, Gary Coogan, I me and Gary Coogan became, we used to spar and that was it then, just rubbed off him really, because Gary started before me, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He so, went to Birmingham City then. You know, so that was it then. Tell him the football so, story. Yeah? Tell him the football story. Oh, well, that day when I went to the gym, I was supposed to go to school. <laughs> I was at school, I was a good football player. And uh, Villa was coming, the scouts. And I never went. I went to the boxing gym instead. <laughs> And I got told off by my dad. <laughs> good, good decision, in retrospect. Well, it's a good decision, yeah, because I love, I love the boxing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything. You know what I mean? But you know, I could have played football and done my leg at 15, 18 or something like that, and that would have been it. But I boxed till I was like thirty-two. But you know, it's in the family, isn't it? With the football, you've got um, your two nephews have yeah. represented England as well, so. Maybe he could have been an England player as well. I could have been. <laughs> I, I remember when I was, before I turned pro, I was very close with Robert McCracken. I was training down at Paddy Lynch's gym. I sparred with Robert when he fought Howard Eastman and obviously Spencer before that. And, you know, I was talking about turning professional. And obviously, you know, Paul would have been in that era at the same time as Robert. And I remember Robert saying to me, he goes, when I was, he goes, he goes when we were boxing amateur, it's different pro and amateur. And I said, but... I thought he said that Paul Ramsey was going to be a world champion as a professional. He had that pro style. When we were boxing for England, he was knocking people out when no one was knocking people out. Did you box against Poland and knock someone out or something? Yeah, he told, you know, he told, I remember Robert saying that to me. But then I think what happened with Paul and Mark, the train turned pro with Brendan Ingle, probably didn't end up going up there, started training at Smartleaf and never... And then you took fights that probably you shouldn't have took. Then you've lost a couple. Then you're in the away corner. and It's hard, isn't it, then? Do you know what I mean? It's hard work. Then, you, as and as you know yourself, and we've said it many times, when you when you're not haven't got the backing of a big promoter, yes. you're taking fights at short notice. You're not properly prepared. Maybe not even you haven't had time to make the weight properly, so you're boxing a weight above you. 
and, and it can become hard, really. And, and you know, especially if, you're, if it's your job and you're relying on the money, you're taking jobs for the, you're taking fights for the wrong reasons, and all of a sudden you've lost a few. Then the enthusiasm and the buzz for it's gone out of you, and it's, it, it, it's hard then, really. And I remember when Ricky Hatton fought uh, Paul, and I remember that fight. Because I knew Ricky Hatton, uh, who he was and everything from the amateurs when he won the, when he turned professional. And he'd beaten Mark. But, Matt, they never told you. They made me lose weight the night before. Yeah. No, I knew that. I knew you Did told you me know? that. Yeah, no, I knew that. What happened When I was... fought Ricky Hatton, see, they made... The, the thing is, it was like um, about a month before the actual fight, they rang me up and said, oh, um, we've got Ricky Hatton for you. I weren't really that fit at the time. So I said, they said... Um, what weight are you? I said, I'm about 10'4". They said, oh, I said, give me a month. Give me a month and I'll be ready. So they got back to me and they said, yeah, but you've got to be 10 stone too. I said, yeah, not a problem. I'll make the weight. I train solid. Sparred with our brother many rounds. When I got to, not before the fight, you're weighing. I got there. I was bang on the weight. Brendan's son, I think it was... John Ingle was waiting for me and he says, oh, they won't take the fight unless you're 10 stone. Like, what? You're having a laugh at you. He says, oh, we've got a room already set up for you. You know, sauna room. So I've had to go in there to lose the weight. So you know what's going to happen. When you've lost that amount of weight, you know, to make a fight the night before, you're not going to be in ship shape, are you, for the fight? So, I weren't. But I was the first one to cut him. And really, that was a bad cut. Yeah. Oh, no, he was a bad cut. But, but I, remember, I remember you training for that fight, I remember he'd beaten Mark. Yeah, he put yeah. Mark down a couple of... I don't know who Hatton was. I remember him when he was turning... I remember him in the junior ABAs. He was knocking everyone out, and had a big hype in the amateurs. And then he turned pro, and he was going through people. And then he... And this is where he was going back to... Mark and Paul weren't journeymen. They were people that you thought... They were, they took you to the next... There was sort of fight that were like, if you could beat them, you were ready for a, a certain level, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, weren't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that were going in that had lost, that were losing every week. That, that weren't them. You had to be good to beat them. You had to be good to... And so people were fighting them after about sort of 16, 17 fights, you know, prospects. But Ricky and I had only had about five, and he beat Mark, and he put him down a couple of times. And I remember then when Paul got the fight, he was thinking... Like I'm going to get the revenge back, and obviously, but Ricky, Ricky was the real deal, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. It was, it was t- and he had, you know, Billy knew where he was at, and uh, but yeah, that, obviously, you're trying to get every advantage you can, and they probably just thought try and weaken you a little bit, and Ricky fought at a mad pace anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. needed to be fit, fit. and energized. Yeah, that's so, it. You know, I think he, he just grind, grinded you down, didn't he? I think it was great. I was grinding down from round two, man. I was knackered. <laughs> no, I was knackered. I was done. I was done. I was done. <laughs> but that, that story's quite a good kind of illustration of what it's like if you're not if you're not in the home corner, if, if you're, yeah, that's if you're it. in the away corner, you're on the road and you don't get any advantages. You don't get any favours. It's a, it's a hard, it's a tough, it's a tough it existence. I, I, do you know what? Funny, I was just thinking that I actually did a lot of sparring with Anthony as well. I yeah. sparred loads with Paul as a kid at small age. But then when I ended up, down, when I ended up kind of in my last year, as an, in, when I was in the ABAs that year, so I'd have been 18, I've done loads of sparring with Anthony because um, yeah. down at Paddy Lynch's. That's it, with Lynch, Paddy Lynch, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. fought with a British title as well, haven't you? That's you fought right, with yeah. you, you had a couple of good wins before that, before you got that fight. Michael Ayres. Michael Ayres, that was it, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, beat him on points. Um, a week's notice as well, same thing. Tried to get me with, when my weight was high. Um, but luckily, I was I was in training already. I was, I'd had the fight not too long ago, and uh, I was still in shape, so I took the fight, took the chance, and uh, I beat him on points. Yeah, no, yeah. Was, yeah. that was good. To be fair, with at that time at Paddy Lynch, you, you stayed in the gym, didn't you? Because yeah. they'd be on your case if you weren't. Yeah. So right. that was a, you, 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 we'll have you a week off. If we had the fight, we'd have a week off, and then we'd get back into it again. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, kids. Hey, everybody. Sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in hell, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! It's interesting coming up to Birmingham to, to kind of speak to, to fighters and trainers and, and come up coming up here to see fights too because we know John well, I know, know John well and, and you know I speak to, to Matt a lot and it kind of seems to me that Birmingham is, is a boxing city. It's kind of a boxing underdog. Most of the stories I hear, I mean you were, you were a big name fighter and there have been others but not that many. We spoke to one earlier today in Cal Yafai. It seems like most of the Birmingham fighters, there's, there's always been some real ability here, but as a city, you've never really been done any favours. No. So you've generally found yourselves up against it. You look at Eastside and the way that... And John loves that, doesn't he? John likes it like that. He likes having his, his lads in the away corner and, and doing it the hard way. And you're, you're the same, Sean. Yeah, I've got seven professional lads that are trying here. And John Pegg helps me with all those lads, matches them, takes a few on the road. We win a few, we lose a few. I've had a couple of lads. My next lad's fighting for the Midland title, Ben Fields. He's got a Midland title shot. Nathan Bendon has got a Midland title shot. Uh, coming up possibly so they're doing it the hard way they're going on the roads winning the way losing the way but doing it the hard way and getting these title shots I mean is that, is that fair though is that a fair, a fair statement I made there that that, 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 yeah, that totally. kind of, the ethos in the gyms is that you know we're not going to be done any favours here but fuck you we'll do it anyway yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm not sure what it was Small Heath was definitely like that wasn't it anti-establishment yeah. Pat's anti-establishment yeah. anyway and it was very much oh, was against the rest of the world fair, mentality yeah. Yeah. Small Heath was feared you know as, as kids when we went to boxing shows and we all walked in you see all the other boxers like say, oh no Small Heath Boxing Club oh god They've turned up. Smalley Boxing Club was one of the best clubs in the country yeah, at the time, wasn't yeah, it? It was. In our era. It was. Mm. You, you go into the gym and the, there was a buzz. As soon as you walk into the gym, there's a buzz. Everyone got on. Um, it's like a family. Yeah. We were a family, yeah. weren't yeah. we? I, and I, I missed that, but I, I kind of caught right at the end of it, maybe caught yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I missed it, really. When I was around mm. then, um, you were a professional... And I was like, Anthony had gone, really. You used mm. to come down the odd yeah, time. Right, yeah. um, do you know what I mean? But it was... I, I definitely missed that era of it. But 
it was mad when you think, and I've always said this to people, because obviously I boxed for England as well, mm. and all the, you know, in Liverpool, you know, loads of kids come from the Rotunda, loads of kids from this club, the Gemini, loads of kids from all the Repton, all the London clubs, where Birmingham would get good fighters, good individuals, you know, yeah, you never yeah. got like a crop come together, nah, but I know nah. small league, maybe not quite all at ABA champion level. I know you did, Paul, but mm. there was loads, say, that would have been, say, good semi-finalists, Midlands champions. There was, in your area at yeah, Swatley, yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was, I bet there was 20 kids in the gym every night, wasn't there, mm. at least? That's right. We all got semi-finals and quarter-finals every, every, yeah. every championship, didn't we? Every championship, yeah. Just never got to the, the win, the That's nationals. It. Well, well, you did, obviously, Paul, but a lot of us just got semis, quarter-finals no, every year. It was like, I say, my dad used to, like, say, get up. You need to run. You need to go running because you got a, fight, a big fight coming up. Oh, and you know, if it weren't for like my dad, I'd say, and my brother, because Mark used to ring, meet me there, and we go running. We run to go because Mark was super fit, evil. I used to hate yeah. training with him. Serious. He <laughs> was a bit on the lazy side, weren't you? Yeah, I was a bit lazy. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Mark, I, Mark I, was a, a workhorse, man. He didn't work. He'd just Mark, work and oh, work. Evil. Yeah. I used to say to him, I, there's no way I could try, got to where I've got to without him, really, because I said, you know, if he pushed you on. Pushed me on, yeah. You know, we, we used to, everybody used to stop, though, in the gym when we used to spar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we had some wars we in that gym. Some, everybody had wars, wars in that gym. Yeah, everybody's yeah. warring. Oh, yeah. terrible. Well, I, well, I, I definitely followed suit. They used to remember in Fazer Street, there was the, port, the wall there on the left. Yeah, I yeah. swear to God. I reckon I spilled about two gallons of blood <laughs> over the years on that wall because I had that nose that any time I got a jab on my nose, it used to pump. Yeah. I, I used to have fights where I battered the other person as a schoolboy and you look like I'd been kicked. Someone had performed surgery on me. My nose bled that easily. Yeah. And small, small. I was trying to tell Andy without like being oh in my day type thing. Yeah. But it was rough and ready, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. I, I lost. Yeah. My, I lost my first two to ever last was sparring without a gum shield. I was fourteen, going fifteen. But that, I sparred loads of times without mm. a gum shield. I, I think probably yeah. up until that. Till that happened, yeah. I'd say three no quarters of the as well. time. No, no never protector. No head guard. No protector. Never even used to have a head guard. No, no, no head guards. And the, 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 the clubs were that old. There was no <laughs> padding no in, in them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm laughing because when you look back now, you'd think, how the hell did we get in the ring with half the stuff we had? Really, you know, because and we produce boxers. Good boxers, really, because we never had the equipment that some of these, like as you say, like the London clubs, like Repton and all them, um, them clubs and that. They had Macklet stuff. Our stuff was like was terrible. You know, gloves were like half ripped and. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, you know we have that old saying. We were talking to yourself at the bus stop when we were older, and the way we used to fight, we fought. You know, later on, it was the last day of our lives. It was though, wasn't it? Every sparring session was tough, wasn't it? Yeah. Every oh, yeah. sparring session, Everyone. just keep attacking each other. Oh, come on, let's go again. Well, that was good. You hit yeah. me two, two times. I hit you three times. Yeah. That kind of attitude. So, in terms of boxing, when it when it came into your into your lives, you hear a lot of stories about boxing saving young people, and that if it hadn't been for the sport, then they don't really know what might have happened to them. Mm. What, what was it like for you three? Was, was boxing something that 
kind of happened to you and you just happened and it you got bitten by it and it was great or did you really did you need it do you look back on it now and I think I, I think I needed it because I was got kicked out of five schools and when I started boxing it controlled me better and I didn't didn't get kicked out of five schools after that so it definitely controlled me I think my life would have been a whole different life without boxing I'd be sitting here now with the gym and doing my own thing I think it'd be a different person how about you two I mean, I you always had football, think, Paul. I, had, I could have had the football, but I think if I didn't have the football, I probably I, I, would, I used to hang around with some dodgy geezers, but then I just like stopped. You know what I mean? Once I started going to the gym when I was younger, because it was just training like six days a week. You know, when I was young, it was like, and then I was fighting like. Three, five times, four times a week. You sometimes like three times a week, wouldn't you? Yeah. To pump all no, you get no it. Gap. Billy used to pull up at the house. <laughs> you've, done a, you've done a training session. You'd come, come on, you've got to fight tonight. You go, you know, okay, yeah. You're fighting tonight. You go, what? Oh, okay. Mum, you've got to fight. Get and you wouldn't care. You just did it. You just didn't you care. you go and fight. Three rounds of boxing. That was it. Back home. <laughs> Back to school next day. <laughs> go to London on Tuesday night and get back at three you know in the morning, wouldn't we? It was ridiculous. No, but I tell you what, we must have been fit kids, yeah. really, to fight three days a week. Yeah. I had 125 you know, amateur fights, I did. 136, yeah, man. We just constantly ate, weren't we? People don't do, do that anymore. Because you, you remember our old um, boxing book? Yeah, medical. Got... got Got stolen in it, didn't they? Yeah, I've got, my, I've got one of my ones. I have. Yeah, and, and you know what? You, you, you're 136 and 120 yards. You do get lads having that many fights now, but you only get the international lads that are boxing yeah. multi-nation tournaments. You don't get many lads no. now having 125, no. you know, club bouts or yeah, domestic yeah, yeah. championship bouts. Very, very few. Mm. Well, I had um, 87 fights, but I didn't box for um, Small Leaf. I went to. Um, Birmingham City first, and then I went to Kerr Hall, and then I went to Small Heath, and it's when I went to Small Heath, that's when it started taking off, and I was fighting a lot, you know, where the others, it was like, uh, I don't know, I'd do a season, I'd probably have eight fights in a season, or ten fights in a season, where with Small Leaf, you, you could have 16 fights in a season, you know what I mean? More than that, it's yeah. a show, there was always a show. You know, there was a show there every day, weren't there? Well, yeah, Tuesday night, even West Brom or Tuesday night, even London or something. Because they brought that ruling in where you couldn't, you had had to have a three day break, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, if that never came in, you'd be fine. I remember, this is no lie, I I, I come back from, I've been in Ireland for eight, (laughs) for seven weeks, whatever, summer holidays. I got back from Ireland on on the Tuesday, went back to school on the Wednesday, I boxed on the Friday. <laughs> I've been in the gym for six weeks and I boxed on the. I got back on the. I got back from Ireland on the Tuesday or the Monday, whatever it was. Went to school the next day and that Friday I boxed for small league, got beaten. Uh, then boxed the following Thursday, got beaten again. Boxed the following Monday, got beaten again. So that's three on a trot at the start of the season. I remember Colin Peters saying to me, "You know, your problem is you're not fit. You got loads of heart, but yeah, you're not fit. That's three majorities." Anyway, got me fit then, running and everything, and, oh, and I went to the scoreboard. Yeah, Colin Pierce, Shakan's dad, and yeah, yeah, Shakan's dad, yeah. 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 He, was the, he was, he was just a motivator, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he used to make you run and do sprints up that Garrison's lane, and I used to hate him. I used to like him. I used to love him. I used to, yeah. I used to love him when I won. Do you know what I mean? You went, you won, then you were glad that he, he put you through it. Yeah, yeah, push yeah, it. exactly. Well, even you listening to you, they're going, going home. I'm saying you're boxing. Will he turn up? Oh, 
obviously I got friendly with a lot of the lads mm. and the England squads, Paul Smith, all these people. That, they were from clubs like the Rotonda and the Repton. That never really happened. They were quite organised, structured yeah. clubs. I do think Small Hip yeah, was a definitely. bit of a kamikaze. Billy, Billy Meadows was a matcher, didn't ah, he? Just found him a kamikaze. Yeah. 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 No, but Billy, you said this, you'd go in the gym and you'd be training. you start training, then Billy would walk in and, and you'd know, you'd know straight away, you'd go, you're boxing, you're boxing, you're boxing, get your kit. And you'd be like, oh, OK, then. I'll drop you home. I ain't got my boots. Come on, I'll drop you home. Get your kit. And then take you to a show. I think. Then you got to score the next day and you've probably got a few bruises. And you say, did you fight last night? Yeah, I had a fight last night. I boxed last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh. And then people, the kids would look at you funny and like, say, hold on a minute. He actually boxed a fight last night and he went to school and he went to the, he said he was going to the gym. I was like, oh, yeah, man. That's how it was. Oh, so it was, was mental. I'll tell you a funny story about Fahey, you know. Oh, I don't know about you or Mark. He said, he goes, I've gone to the gym the one day. He said, I wasn't fit. I just trained. I'm skipping. Finish off skipping. And Billy Meddings comes in and goes, Sean, what, uh, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're boxing tonight. He said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even fit. I haven't got my stuff. He said, he goes, you are, you're boxing. He goes, you're at Penn's Hall. He says, I've gone into the changing room. I've got my gum shield. And I fucking threw it out the window. And I said, oh, uh, uh, but I didn't say nothing. Then we got to Penn's Hall. I've gone, uh, oh, Bill, I've got no gum shield. I can't box. He said, and then he said, I can't remember, was it Mark or Paul? Ramsey, but it's all right. I've got one in my bag. <laughs> 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 I think he was ready. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember just thinking, oh, I like to say, oh, no. I hate you. I hate you. I said, yeah, sure. It's a good Because I used to carry two for some reason. I don't know why. I used to have the spare one with me. And I say, you need to get some hot water on it. And it, he moulded it in Billy. <laughs> I think he wanted to cry. Oh. I, hear, I hear quite a lot of stories like that about about the early days. Frankie Gavin's told us a couple of, of similar ones, and even Frotch. I, I, I say this quite often, but even Frotch, you know, when we we're talking to him about his early days, told us about how you know he just wanted to run away at one point. Thought if I, I could climb through that window now and just leg it rather than fight, because you know that kind of I don't know. I guess it's just it's just a natural sort of fear. I mean, I mean, how long does that take to? How long does that take to... You're, you're always nervous before every fight. Yeah. You've got to be in always, yourself. Yeah. It doesn't go away. It just gets easy to handle, the more new it is. Exactly. Easy. Yeah. Never, it doesn't go away. You just, gets, you just get used to it. Yeah, and you, it you know how it. to handle it better yeah. as you get more It's a bit weird for me because my first fight, I never had no fear at all. I, I was calm, no fear. I went in there, boxed the kids head off and, and won. I even got offered um, a sponsorship my first fight. But... It's, as the fights went on, I got worse and worse. <laughs> Which, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I got a, a worse. But um, you, you have to handle it. You handle it and you get in there. But once you get in the ring, with me, once I got in the ring, the, the nerves are gone and I was all right. Every fight, me, it was my right leg used to twitch. Every fight. Mad, mad, yeah. feet, mad twitching in my right leg. Even when I put my boots on, it's a thing... Calm down, just calm yourself down. It's going to be all right. Because you got that. It's it's just a mad feeling. Yeah. And I think I think once the first punch was thrown, that was it. Then it yeah, was all like, it was gone. I was just like, just carry on then. You know, but 
Like the time, it never worked like that. You got hit with the shot, you probably think, oh, God, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for me, with the go on. Me and me uh, yeah, do you know, yeah, I, do you know what? Um, so, I actually fought Paul. So, when I was, like, say, 15, I was inspired with Paul. And Paul definitely would have took me under his wing at that time. And he, I remember meeting Paul in town and... I'd get the bus with him over to uh, Nubby Nubsy's yeah, and Andy yeah. Myers used to yeah. take you on the pads. He used to take me on the pads. And, um, and it, then, ironically, or whatever the word is, years later when I turned professional, I remember I was meant to be boxing, who, I can't remember who it was, some opponent that pulled out a couple of days before the fight. So they, they ring me. No, so I was I, sparring, yeah. Not, not at that time. No, but I was sparring, yeah. Me and you used to do, I used to come to that gym down in a... Hey everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. Yeah, Paddy Lynch's in Murfield. Yeah, down, yeah. Uh, Garrett's Green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when I heard Paul, Paul sparred me a few times too, so did Mark. But wh- how I ended up fighting him then, I was meant to, I was about 8 and 0 or something. I was meant to be boxing someone. I uh, can't remember who it was, but he pulled out. So a few days before the fight, I think Ernie, Frank Warren, someone from Frank Warren's office, it might have been Ernie Foster, I can't remember, they called me up saying, oh, uh, do you want to fight Howard Clark? And I was like, Pff. Not really, because I know Howard Clark, do you know what I mean? I don't really want to fight him, because I know him. And then I was a bit like, as he took it? And he was like, yeah. And so I was like, well, all right then. So that was that. So anyway, the day before the fight, after it was the morning of the weigh-in, they called me up saying, uh, Howard Clark's out, um, blah, blah, blah. What about Paul Denton? And I was like, oh, I can't fight Paul Denton. I fuck, I've known him, all, you know, <laughs> however many years. And then, and, then I was a, and then he was a bit like, has he took it? You know what I mean? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, wow. No, well, it's weird because then? I was at work. Yeah. I was at work and Nobby's rang me and says, um, I've um, got a fight for you tonight if you want it. And I went, yeah, all right. And I said, oh, who is it? It's our uh, Matthew Macklin. I went, hold on a minute. I've not like I'm just sparring with him. And I went, even uh, they need a fight. I went, all oh, right. And I said, Oh, fine. How much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much not? He went, that worked. Oh, and I said, yeah. I said, I said, okay, then. I said, yeah, we had a good fight, didn't we? Fight, right? yeah, good. Actually, the, Frank Warren said it was the best fight of the night. It was the, the best fight of that night, definitely, yeah. I don't know who was fighting. It, it weren't, was it was, uh, it was your call, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't I remember. It was Takaloo main event. Yes, and it was a rubbish fight. And, but Frank Warren came to me after and said, the best fight you and Matt's fight was the best fight of the night. And I said, oh, thanks a lot. You know, but we just... just <laughs> well, it felt weird, though, you know. It, it, and then I kind of you get past it, don't you? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just listen, I but. just felt it like, to me, it was like a sparring session. Yeah, yeah, and it felt like a spar for me. It did feel like yeah. a spar, didn't it, a bit? Yeah. So what would you say the main difference is between, between professional boxing and, and, and amateur boxing in terms of, of your own experiences of it? Generally, people kind of look back at their amateur days and, and that's what they prefer because simpler times and all that. When you turn pro, just give people an idea of, of how 
of how hard this this old game, as people like to describe it, although it's far from that, can be. It's just when you turn, when you turn professional, you realise how hard that can hit because amateur, you just tip, 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 tap, tap, and move. And when you go professional, you start playing professional, you're getting hurt, and you catch with one jab in your head, you go, oh, that was hard. And then you sink onto the body, you go, oh, that hurt. That's the biggest change. And then you get used to it. For better years, you used to it, but it is a lot harder, a lot tougher. Punches a lot more, a bit, bit, speed, bit more speed and a bit more power. Similar moves, um, the, the training. I think I used to train one, um, four times a week as an amateur and uh, go for a run probably two or three times a week. But as a, as a pro, you're training every day and you're running nearly every day as well. And the weight thing was for me because I, I went from light well to weight and when I turned pro I was a lightweight. Yeah. And just that, that extra few pounds used to kill me. And I just that was the worst part of fighting for me was the, doing the weights, you know. I'd I look at my, my, my brother and my sister when they're eating food and just hate them. Just looking at spice, you know. It's just <laughs> it was the worst part of fighting for me. I used to take myself to bed. Wait, yeah, I used to do that as well. Once I finish training, come on, I'll probably have a little bite to eat and then take myself to bed out of the way because I know everybody else will be eating and I'm thinking, I fancy something like that too. I could eat that now. But if I ate it, I'd have to go and lose the weight. I'd have to get up in the morning and go for a run to make the weight. You know, that's, I think that's probably the hardest part in boxing is making weight. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be on the ball. You know, making weight, it's just so, and you're watching what people are eating, and you're thinking, oh, God. <laughs> you feel like, no, man, I feel sick. But do you know, I think as well, I think the loneliness in the professional game, as opposed yeah. to, like you say, they were talking about that era when there was 20, 30 lads in the gym all boxing on shows together, getting in a minibus, travelling down to London or Wales or wherever. It's fun. You, you feel part of something together, the friendship, the laugh. And if you lose, so what? You probably box, like you say, next week or maybe the next night or whenever. It wasn't the end of the world, certainly. And even in the championships, have a good run. The championships next year in the pro game, you know, it's, it's your job as well and you lose. And, you know, you, what are you going to earn for your next fight is either going to go up or down depending on results. So th- there's a lot more pressure and a lot more at stake in the programme. And as Sean rightly said, it's a lot more brutal. The fights are a lot harder to put you. In, in amateur boxing, generally speaking, you're trying to win the fight on points. If you get the stoppage comes, it comes. Programme, people are trying to knock you out. You know what I mean? They're trying to hurt you. And the longer rounds, it's just what it's just it's just a much it's a, it's a tough, tough, hard business. The program in the, yeah. in the amateur game, it's a sport and there's a lot of fun. And like you say, you box for your club and then you, you progress to the Midlands or whatever. And there's a lot of uh, uh, Robert the other day in Saudi, we were having the, we had Robert and we were chatting, we were having the crack. And he and I said, uh, we're at the program. I said, you know, after. Joshua, he said, nah, listen, after Joshua, that's it, I'm done. I said, what about the amateurs? He said, nah, I love the amateurs. He said, the amateurs, on the England job, he said, I'm re- with all the lads, the good crack, and you're travelling the world, and you're having fun, and if they get beat, it's not the end of the world. There's another tournament coming up in, in the pro game. It's just brutal. And I think one of the best kind of descriptions I've heard about the difference between the two, and it just it just basically encapsulates what you, what you just said, which is that in amateur boxing, you don't have to hurt your opponent to win in professional boxing. That's what it's about. 
they, they call it the hurt business for a reason. And, and you sign that contract and you know that he's going to try and hurt you and you're going to hurt him and you're both fine with it. Uh, it, it did, did you all work as well when you were, when yeah, you were yeah. professionals? Yeah. I mean, how, how's that? That was <laughs> tough. It's hard. Um, I used to get up in the morning, half five, go for a run, go work. As soon as I finished work, straight to the gym. Straight to the gym. Straight to the gym. So I was out from half five and I got back in usually probably about eight o'clock uh, at night. So it was the same for all of us. I knew yeah. I used to work in yeah. the market, it's about five run. Go work in the market all day and go to train a gym, bell, half eight every night, five nights a week, and then train Sunday yeah. morning usually. That's it. Hard. I mean, that, that is, that really is a hard regime. And when I talk to young fighters, if they've been able to make the switch to go full time, if they've worked and then go full time, then the difference they, they notice is, is huge. I mean, were you envious of people who, like Matt, who, who were full time nah, fighters? I didn't really know nah. many full time fighters, did we, in our run area? Nah, they worked nah. and, and trained. Yeah. You know, then it changed a little bit, but with us, everyone worked and trained, didn't they? I thought it was the norm. Yeah. Really? I thought a lot of boxers worked and trained and then fought and then all, but you know, the average ones got looked after, really, didn't they? Yeah, I, I think for all for uh, Paul and Anthony and Sean, at that time, with all the fighters that they were the boxed amateur with, that were that did go on and turn pro, they probably all were doing that. But I suppose with Andy covering all the fights on Sky and uh, let's say the TV fighters now, mm-hmm. they're lucky enough. That they can be full time, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I always think, he said five o'clock in the morning, getting home. Because I know because Anthony was boxing pro and I was I was training in that gym Same in my gym, last yeah. year of the ABAs. Now my days were long days. That time was college or something. I wasn't yeah, working all day, right, but yeah. still a long day. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, to myself, oh God, you know, now you can get up, you can you can go, you can give it everything, and then you it's the recovery you'd get now. You were back then. You, how tired you are all yeah, the time yeah. and when you're tired it's impossible to be performing to your best because you're tired it's a long day and you're tired mm-hmm. where now I think it's the recovery and the rest which is so crucial definitely which you, I think I don't even necessarily it was overtrained but I think they were underrested yeah back yeah, then you yeah, know what I mean yeah. definitely well it was always the end of the week yeah um, Friday Thursday I just like hated Thursdays Friday I was glad because it was my last day of training but I'd always go back home and all, I'd be almost falling asleep in the car, driving home. I was that tired. I go home, I, I hold my son, and we both just fall asleep. In like he'll be in my arms, and I'll be on the city, just sleeping, that tired. <clears throat> and then I used to get up Saturday and go for, do six mile on the Saturday as well. But Friday was the one. You, you know, I'm so glad it was Friday. Even like going, I remember going to uh, Paddy sometimes, driving from work. To, um, to Paddy's and kind of falling, not enough at the lights and waiting for the lights and not enough. Um, it's a grind, it was a grind. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing, thinking about it. it was, like, so oh. You know, working all day like that, fighting. And the, yeah. I'm just, listen, the boxing's hard at every level. And, it, and sometimes it's hard. It's, the higher you get, the harder it gets. But at least at that level, you're full time, you're everything. Yeah. When you're, I mean, in some ways, it's 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 you, you, you sympathise and you think it's the people that have like got to work full time as well, long days. Cause you you were living over Queensway, weren't you that time? Oh, that's a fair old trick to work all day, drive to Paddy's, and then yeah. get back to to long long days. And like you say, you come back dead, and then you're trying to you ain't gonna have much 
Uh, energy yeah. left to have the crack with your missus, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, he's always fine, the energy. He's always fine, the energy, yeah. <laughs> Dipping to the reserves, you know what I mean? That's why he's got four kids. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was... <laughs> that, 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 that rough subject was something I was going to get, get onto, because uh, how do you... like When you're working full-time and you're, and you're a professional fighter... Who's going to try and dish the dirt? On me then? It's, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, you know that, you that, that's a very it's a very peculiar existence. That it really is. You know, very very few people in the world will know what that's like. How do you even begin to try and have what other people would see as a normal life? When that is, I mean, the impact it must have on oh you have to have an understanding girl. Yeah, right? yeah, right. yeah. That's it. That's right. Because a lot of them would. That's why I ain't got one. <laughs> that's why a lot of them would just take off. No, they would. They'd just say, oh, "I can't put up with this." Because I see, I've had girlfriends, and I remember I used to go away boxing for England all the time, and then come back. I remember coming back. I don't know where I went, and she just said to me, "I can't do this anymore," because you're always away. We never. You're always in the gym training, and. You go, you're boxing away all the way, all the time, and I never see you, so we split up. So that was it. <laughs> you do lose girls, yeah. you do lose them yeah, because yeah. I, at the end of the day, that wasn't the only reason for. Come on, you had an eye for the women, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <never. laughs> and Andy did. <laughs> I think Andy did. Hey, hey, the, I'm, I'm joking, too. I'm joking, man. <laughs> no, I can remember. Working because I work on the railway, and back then when I was um, I was in like the gang and we were digging wet beds, changing sleepers and everything. And I and I was at work and I remember getting a phone call saying you got to fight Ross Ale. I remember that on the night, and I went. Oh, I was so tired. I've been training now, and I went and fought Ross Ale and I stopped him in four rounds. But I think from round one, he hit me with a shot, and I don't. Even, I can't remember the actual fight because he he was so strong. I think you know he was strong. I, I, I boxed him with McCormick all the time. Bloody, yeah. he hit me, and I thought I didn't know what day it was. And I came and I stopped him in the fourth round, and I remember coming in the changing room, and I sat down. So and I said, "What happened?" And they went, "You beat him. You stopped him." And I went, "Did I?" And I was that tired. I think I took the week, the rest of the week off work. I rang in sick. <laughs> I had to ring in sick because I was that tired. And as you say, you know, you're working, training, fighting. I don't know how we did it, really. Yeah, no. yeah I look back. I look back on it. I do think, because I've struggled. I get up in at uh, half five now. I'm now five o'clock. Go to training for half five. Do an hour and a quarter. And... Same thing. Why Thursday? I'm tired. But I, I, I think, how did I go to training in the morning, work, then training at night? How did I do that for a full week? It was like mad. Mental. <clears throat> but as I say, these, the ones now can not go to work and just concentrate on boxing. You know, being in the gym three times a day, all week, can it? without going to work and getting looked after. And that's a, probably a good thing for him, but, you know, you only have to have one slip-up, die. And what did they do? Where did they go from there? Because they don't know no different, really. It's just the boxing. 
And you, and you see a lot of lads struggling with that, you know, in retirement. You see yeah. a lot of lads that re- you see a lot of lads retiring now, and because they've never worked, it's it's, it's a shock. Yeah. It's you know? a shock yeah. to the system, isn't it? Mm-hmm. For it's like you know, like me now. When I retired, I carried on working. I was still work. You know, I'm saying. See a lot of them will. If they're looking to go big and they don't make it, what do they do after that? Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan. New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One Star Recruits. I remember Barry Jones saying to me a few, well, recently, a few weeks ago, that he he only went full time when he, I think, became world champion or around that time. And he said it was the worst thing he ever did because when he was working as well, it just it just all made a lot more kind of sense to him because that's what he'd always done. Um, and somebody else saying to me recently that exactly what you're just saying that that when you finish, if you've had a job before, then going back to one isn't that isn't that hard but how 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 difficult was it finishing because Matt just touched on it there and it's it doesn't matter what level you've been at it's mm. this is something you've been doing which very very few people know what that's like to be in there the pure adrenaline of it. it's probably unlike any other sport getting your hand raised must be an incredible oh. an incredible feeling so how yeah. do you what's it like when that's over that's, that's... I don't know. Well, for me, it, never, it was never really over. I always thought I was going to go back to it, so it just slowly over the years become not boxing again. So it was wasn't a wasn't a gradual. It uh, wasn't a, like you've, that's it. That. You're finished. You're finished. I just said, yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Going to back. I never went back. So just slowly drifted away from it. So, so, it was so okay in, for me. in your mind, you're still not officially retired. No, no. <laughs> had a charity fight three years ago. I'll have another one soon. I think with me, it was when I had my kids. When they were, you know, I thought I got to that stage where I remember my last fight, I remember going, getting called up for the, like my last fight and um, I didn't really want to fight I had that in me, like, it was like oh, I don't want to fight today, don't feel like it, but I went for, and I came out after I sat there, I remember sitting in the change room thinking can't do this anymore got to look after my kids now, because maybe one fight I might not come out because I was getting older and I'm thinking... And the kids are getting... They all get, as you say, they're all, like, concentrating, not going to work. That's their life, the boxing. You know what I mean? And I just thought, that's enough. I remember going in the gym. I think I think hit the bad twice. And I said to Nobby, that's it, enough, done. And he went, no, you can't leave. <laughs> I went, I'm finished now. I'm not doing it anymore. And that was it then. Called it a day. I think... With me, it's, um, I was I was I was stopped from boxing. The British Boxing Board wouldn't let me uh, fight again, but the, they kind of done me a favour, I think, because when do you stop? You know, you always have that that hunger mm-hmm. and that that um, 
you see see someone in the ring and you're twitching and you're, you're moving your head just like you're in the ring yourself, you know. And, um, but I, uh, I always... I always said when I was younger, oh, I'll, I'll be finished by the time I'm 30, 33, something like that. But I went on to as 36. I had my last fight when I was 36. So I f- really do feel they've done me a favour by um, not letting me carry on. I had an injury, and what had happened, um, I suppose I, spar- I fought uh, some African guy, beat him, and then uh, I'd done my shoulder. But then they phoned me um, for Amir Khan. And uh, I was gutted, absolutely gutted. <clears throat> and uh, but it was only giving me a w- no, no, sorry, it was giving me a week's notice. But then um, I, t- I said no, I'm not going to do it. And then I had that fight after, sorry. Then I done my shoulder, and then they phoned me again and gave me five weeks' notice this time. And then I was like, mm, yeah, I'd like to do, but I've got a bad shoulder because I-, I really thought uh, I could beat him. If you know Khan, you know, if you catch him, yeah. you know, he's chance he's, yeah, yeah, he got a chance. Very him. fast, but yeah. he got a punch chance. That's right. And um, <clears throat> after that, I never got the uh, the chance to fight again. Yeah. I mean, what was that fight when I think, was it, was it when Robert fought Eastman, when you boxed out Alfred Cote and your boots were slipping? That's right, yeah. Was that that yeah, fight? That's right. That was the. Ma- I was in the corner, weren't I, with uh, oh, no, Dan Harkson? No, it wasn't that fight. It was a Hatton fight. It was a Hatton fight, that was. Hatton was uh, on the. I was on the card of Hatton then. Was it? Yeah. It was and that. It was that Wembley Conference Centre, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Because I remember I was giving Dan a hand in the corner, yeah. and your boots were slipping. But I remember seeing that. But you know what they done to me. In that, yeah. You know what they done to me in that that fight. Um, a lot of people don't really know. I trained for the fight. I was fit. It was all good. And then on the the day before, they said you're not fighting now. So I'm like. All right, then, yeah, you know what it's like. I'd starved myself for, like, so many weeks. I went, I just said, put loads of food, drink in my belly. I put seven pounds on. And then I got the call a couple of hours later after I ate and everything. This is your fighting now. So I had to go back in the gym and take seven pounds off. So when I went, when I had the fight... As soon as I stepped in the ring and I threw my first punch, I just thought, there's nothing there. I just knew it. <clears throat> you were slipping as well. Do you remember That's the right, boots? yeah, I was. Yeah, the boots. I think I had to run back to the changing room. Get, my, get your trainers. trainers yeah, yeah. Come to the ring with them. And in between the round, me and Dan were pulling your boots off. I'm doing You couldn't put them on. You've got two gloves on. You've got a minute to do this. He was mad. Remember them on the telly? He was saying it and everything. Yeah. I was about 18 yeah. or whatever it was then. Yeah. Fucking mad. <laughs> But when you look back on it all now, there's, there are so many, there are so many strange things that can happen in, in, in boxing, amateur or or professional. And you're, you're still kind of seeing them every week, really, taking fighters yeah. up and down the country. I mean, what? God, there'll probably be quite a few. But but when you when you look back at it all, what are the moments that kind of stand out for you? Whether they're personal, whether they're kind of highs, lows, whether they're pure comedy gold. Just not love to see my lads getting a win, especially away. I had a lad called Ben Fields. I took him on the road. He won seven fights. Obviously, you're going to interview him in a few weeks. He had seven fights, seven wins over seven weekends, over different, all unbeaten lads away from home. That's, that's the, the thing you like, them kind of things like that. Or just coming away safe and not getting, not getting hurt. I've done six, six rounds, they get a mark on the face and they've been paid. That's, that's nice. 
just just on that, is is that something? To what extent do you worry about getting hurt in the boxing ring? Is is it uh, you can't think about it too much, or you'd never go in there? You don't think about it at all. You, just nah. get on with it. you don't mm. think about it at all. You just think I'm just want to go in there and beat the guy. Your eye can be cut and split, and you, you, the ref's going, I'm going to call it. No, I'm fine, I'm fine. I still want to fight, you don't care. But not, not even as you get a bit older, not even when you find yourselves in situations where you've had to take a load of weight off late on and you know that that's, you know, that's a no. little bit of a dangerous thing to do. I think you do, you do. when you know you've got to lose weight, you, it's always there in the back of your mind, you know, I think, oh, God, how am I going to, am I going to do these rounds? I'm, you know, I'm going to get tired eventually, and especially if you're going to fight a guy that's probably up there, you know what I mean? You, you know, you're gonna, nothing's gonna be, you're gonna have nothing left halfway through the fight. You know what I mean? So, in your head, you're gonna think, I'm gonna get hurt tonight. But you just go in there and defend yourself but all the times, aren't you? I used to think, um, I always thought I'd, I could get hurt, but you never thought, I'd never think, oh, I'm gonna get killed tonight, or, you know, or nothing like that. I never thought nothing like that would ever happen. But it's only when I, I started, um, I noticed I was getting older. Uh, the punches were coming towards me. I could see them, but I couldn't move. Um, uh, and I'll have a fight, and I, I, I'd think, well, I could have done better than that. I could have beat this guy, but I ended up getting beat by someone that um, really I, I, felt, I felt like I could have beat. Yeah, I, I felt definitely t- towards the end, the last few fights, um, while Bum Brian Rose got his really, that probably wouldn't even have... Well, I probably wouldn't have asked them to spar me and they probably wouldn't have come, you know, a couple of years earlier. And, yeah, I'm having hard fights with them. And, and in my head after, I think, well, that was because of this or that was because of that. Make and I have a reason why it didn't happen, making excuses. Yeah. But then I remember sitting there thinking about it, trying to think of what, what options are coming up. And then I just remember thinking, regardless of anything, I haven't really performed for about three or four years. Well, probably, probably the last good performance was Alcine before Golovkin. But that was a first-round knockout. If I hadn't got him in the first round, who knows what way he might have gone. And, you know, Martinez was, was, was a loss, but it was a good performance. But I think for me, definitely after that fight, um, the love had gone. That definitely had gone. And I think um, after that, I was boxing, really, because I was at a position where now I was a big name and I was still in the top sort of four or five in the world that could get good money for the fight, where it had never, ever been about the money for me. Obviously, you wanted as much as you could get, but it was, it was, that was probably the third or fourth thing down the line. Yeah, that's right. Where at that point, after, say, Martinez, it was probably the first thing on the, on yeah, the thing, really. Right. Where, and when you start thinking like yeah, that, it's, it's time to get out. It, it, cause it, it's, it's too hard, boxing, to do for me. It's yeah. the excitement and the passion and the buzz. That makes you get up at five in the morning. That's You're not yeah. getting home till eight o'clock at night. There's yeah. not. The, the, there's probably not enough money that, that you could be paid to, get, to no, keep so doing that and right, to go in yeah. the ring and getting. But it's only the passion and the love that drives you through that. But or, for, for me, definitely at the end, I thought, listen, I, I I wasn't exactly a kind of hit and not get hit kind of guy. I had a lot of hard fights, and I remember thinking towards the end, the passion and the love had gone. I thought I'm really hanging in there because I might get another shot and blah blah. Or maybe because I didn't want to face the fact that. You've done. I've done this for 15 years, and then it's like, right, I'm only 33. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, that's because that's quite a scary thing to, to face as well. Yes. And but and I did start thinking then, you know what, Matt, you, you've had a lot of hard fights. You know, you've had a lot of bad 
bad eye damage around your eyes. My, my right eye is a lazy eye anyway. If I, if I close my left eye, I can barely see who you are. I can tell that you're there, but my sight's <laughs> not good in my right eye. And, and that's just a birth that thing. That must have happened on a night sound. It's Saturday as well. <laughs> well. That doesn't happen to me anymore. No drinking five years. <laughs> Starting to get some brain cells back. They <laughs> <laughs> never did, did you really? Yeah, no, no. no. So what do you think of the boxing landscape now when you look at it when you look at the fights that are happening the just in general what, what are your thoughts i don't know it's just to me i think box, boxing's changed now when we were boxing i don't know it's just some of the fights you watch you just think they look the boring all the older fights were proper fights. They were like, you'd watch 12 rounds or 15 rounders and there'd be tear-ups. There'd be tear-ups for 15 rounds. Now, it's like, oh, do I actually want to watch this fight? You start watching it, you think, that's oh, boring. I turn the TV off. There's no excitement. I don't know. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think there's... There's always a bit of nostalgia, isn't there? And everyone, no matter what sport they're in, yeah. everything was better in my day. Yeah. But but working for Sky, still being involved, mm. you, every, you, still, you do still get the good fights. I mean, our, I think from September to Christmas, we, we commentated on a few. I mean, Errol Spence against Sean Petport. Oh, that was a ding-dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't see that. Josh one. Taylor against Riga's Pro. Great, yeah, great fight. You know what I mean? Even, even on a domestic level... Lewis Ritson against Robbie Davis oh, was, was a cracker up in Newcastle. Mm. Sean, you're around it. Yeah, I see again. all the time, yeah. Mm. I think when you when you kind of come away from the sport, it's easy to think it's not yeah. good anymore because you're not familiar with who the people are. Yeah. I still think I love it there still. are still some still great fights it, yeah. out there, man. I watch definitely. it all the time, mate. Yeah, do you I still watch it? Yeah, yeah. I still watch it. I still watch it all the time, mate. Every week I'm starting on looking for something to watch, you know, looking for some boxing to watch. And it, um, I'm on the group chat with, uh, you know what, I've, I've me too. Yeah. <laughs> He's always posting all the fights on there. He's always yeah. on it. I see, yeah. I know, I'll probably see him tonight. I, I think there's more boxing on the television now than there ever was. Yeah. There's more channels now as well, isn't there, and everything as well. You, you guys always obviously miss the social media. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, You're on Facebook, Paul. Oh, yeah. You're on no, Facebook, aren't no, you? No, <laughs> not on there. Not on there. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't, I won't keep you, you chaps, too much longer. If, if you could do it all again, anything you would change? No, I wouldn't change anything. No. I mean, the only thing I probably would have changed was I would have turned pro a bit earlier. Give myself a bit more time. Um, well, get established um, as a pro. I think when I was when I was nineteen twenty, as an amateur, that's when I I was um, knocking a lot of people out and uh, <clears throat> done well. And I think I wish I'd just turned pro straight after then, because I think I was on a bit more of a roll then. I think um, by the time because I started fighting when I was nine. So, um, I'd, by the time I turned pro, it's nearly 15 years I've been doing it. <clears throat> so, I think uh, I'm going to, not stale, but by the time I got to 28, I think I'm starting, I don't want to do this anymore. So, if I give myself a good eight, nine, ten years as a pro, I don't know, I may, may have gone a bit further. I think I would have just carried on a little bit longer because I've, I've retired about 27. 
turned professional at 21 and by 27 I'd stopped boxing if I'd, I'd gone the next two or three years it was, there was more stuff ahead I just didn't carry on so I would have stayed for a few more years could any of you imagine life without it no no no, <laughs> no. Well, the thing is that you meet so much characters you, you made oh. so much friends um, we, in fighting I can't see there being another sport like it you know I can't see meeting so many good people and, and characters and, and different leaf. people. Small Leaf had the best boxers anyway in the country, didn't we? Really. When we're in our era anyway, you know, we were feared, weren't we, Sean? Yeah. Or in the country. So go, we, me, oh. you, me and Paul's going in the country, we beat them all. Everywhere. Irish Nationals yeah. somewhere, and any, we just beat them all. That's Come it. back, yeah, three wins, three wins, yeah. All <laughs> one. That's Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> never changed there. I'll be Andy Holligan in the amateurs. I'll be oh, Richard, yeah. Richard went in the amateurs and they went on to win world titles. Say, yeah. mad, isn't it? Yeah. It is. You were talking about um, Irish internationals. I remember when I fought on Irish international and um, this guy was going into the ring and this guy was massive. And I've gone to Paddy. I've gone to Pat. Nah, nah. This is welterweight or it's not middle. He's going, no, no, man, get in, get in there, get in there. I'm like, no, no, and it's not right, Pat. He's looking at him. No, that's it, man, that's it, man, get in there. But, uh, and uh, they never told me as well. I think purposely they never told me he was uh, Irish international. Oh. And the, the, fir- the first punch of the fight, this guy hit me with a left, a left hand, a straight jab. And he nearly took my head off with it. And um, I thought I'm in trouble here. Got battered the first round. <laughs> and uh, I sat down in the corner, and uh, the ring girl, she had like these fangs on. I thought I'd look to her. I've looked at this girl, and Trevor has whacked me straight across my face. And he's going, If you take another beating like that, I said, I'm throwing in the towel. So I've gone out. Knocked him out. Nah, I knocked him out. It's just beaten the next two rounds. I won it on points. But I never forget. Um, every time someone says something about an Irish guy or Irish, it just brings me back to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat was mad, though, wasn't he? Yeah, off his head, wasn't he? Pat was funny, mate. Pat, remember, where did we go in um, Pat nearly had a fight with the. Don't you remember? Nah. No, I'll tell you where it was. When I fought, I fought in um, schoolboy quarterfinals and I got, I battered the kid, battered him. Come to the decision now. Give it to majority, give it to him. Paddy started wanting to fight all the ringmen and everything. So everybody, <laughs> <laughs> so they had to grab, where were we? I think we was in Wales. Yeah, and they had to grab Paddy and everything. And it must have been an hour later. They called me back into the ring. And they said, sorry, we made a, a mistake with the decision. And they give me the fight back. <laughs> you know, it's Rarely nice. Paddy that, went yeah. mad. I tell you, Paddy was evil that day. <laughs> Paddy wanted to kill someone. You know what he's like. I'm sorry. Paddy, calm down. Just leave it. Just forget about it. No, no, you've been robbed. You've been robbed. 
that guy there. And Paddy wanted to beat him up. Yeah. You know what Paddy was? Paddy was a terrible man back in the day <laughs> when he would yeah. just argue with anyone. Walk, yeah. Billy was just Billy was quiet though, weren't he? Yeah. yeah. But, but amateur coaches are a kind of different breed, aren't they? Yeah. People yeah. who give their whole lives to, to yeah. amateur clubs and drive kids up and down the country week in, week out. Oh, yeah. You, t- you, talk, about, that, yeah. you, you talk about the toll that, that being a professional fighter has on, on a professional fighter's life, but, I mean, what about those, what about those fellas? Because mm. how they do that, I don't know. Well, as warm as they do it for yeah, most, most people I know in boxing that train fighters are single, or you know they're divorced, or they've got the most understanding wife ever. You know, and they just they get it. They get that that yeah. the, what the boxing means to them, and I think they probably admire them for what they give to the young lads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the kids, yeah. and everything. I think that the women that. Uh, that, uh, are we, that are married to the men like Pat and Brendan Ingle and these people yeah. they, they get women. it don't they they're they're women as well, yeah. you know because uh, you think about it that quite selfless they're selfless yeah, because it. they see what they do you know what I mean they can see what the, the, the likes of Brendan Ingle Pat Benton and, and loads of these people that do Paddy's it Paddy's wife was always involved anyway yeah Paddy's wife, oh, it's lovely she was. What was her name again? Teresa. Teresa, yeah. She always giving me free food at all the shows, there. always. Always there. You know, even Sean's sister, Karen. Yeah. I, I remember from my first ever, I, my, my first fight was St. Patrick's Day, 1994, at the Grand Hotel in town. And at the small leaf, I had seven lads on, and we all won. Do you know what I mean? But I was, I think I was the second fighter tonight. I was six stone two. <laughs> I can remember it, you know. But and I remember getting the meal ticket. Uh, and get the meal off Karen because yeah, yeah, Karen yeah. used to do all the meals, didn't yeah. she? Well, we, we used to, we used to make up. the sandwich in our house. All of us, yeah, all four of us, made the sandwich in the house. Me and my brother put the ring up, and my dad, yeah. and then they'd give out the meals at the, at the show, and then we'd take the ring. Then after we boxed, mm. my brother boxed. That was every show. Yeah, every and like I say, probably how many nights a week? Yeah, probably and we used to do trophies as well. We used to do trophies, yeah. trophies, sandwich and ring, all in one package. Okay. <laughs> okay, so before before I do, in fact, let you go. Let's just have. Favorite, fondest boxing memory. One thing that that sticks out, that pops into your head. I know you love the Young England days because I remember when I was starting to get up to that level. You used to remember talk fondly on them ones. What's that now? Trying to think. Or any, or any of your, yeah, yeah, kind of. What was the happiest memory? Oh, the happiest memory when I won my won the National Boys Club. Um, title. I went to um, Newcastle a long time and I fought um, a Londoner. And when the Brummies went to fight a Londoner, you knew you was the underdog big time in the final as well. And me and George, me and George went, he was my corner, my, my trainer. And in the first round, the guy come out, he battered me for the first round. And I sat there and I just thought, oh, I'm going to lose this. And George slapped me. Bam! Across the faces. Come on, you could beat him. So the next two round, the second round went out. Beat him the second round. Third round. And I think, I was, I weren't really a puncher. I was more of a boxer. And I hit him with, I could, and I hit him with a left hook. He went down. I just thought, oh, sweet. But that's it, he ain't going to get up. But he got up. But really, the referee should have stopped the fight. But they didn't. So I had the guy in the ropes, and I was whacking him with some punches. 
And the referee was standing next to Morley, standing, just watching me battering. And I was saying to the ref, stop the fight. Stop the fight. The ref wouldn't stop it. But the bowman rang the bell <laughs> And I laughed and I thought, you know what, I'm not getting this fight tonight because this is just weird. And then when they called my name, I won the title. I just fell to my knees and I just thought... And the funniest thing, later on I was walking around, I think um, Jason Rowlands knocked out Wayne Pardo on the night. And um, they said, oh, he's going to get best box of the night for the tournament, like. And um, the announcer was announcing... He, he, he mentioned Jason Rowland's name. And he said, I was going to give him the fight on the night, Jason Rowland fought, but I'm going to give it to the Birmingham lad who came back from getting beat from the first round. That's what he said. And he said, he's come back and he's beat him. And he called my name and I just thought, oh, my God. Buzzy. 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 I thought, that's, I think that's the best, best one for me, actually, winning that and getting that. And mine is uh, winning the Irish ABA title. And when I picked up the cup, it had my trainer's name on it, Pat Benson. <laughs> and he'd won it 33 years before me. Oh, did he? Oh, his name oh, on yeah, it. He'd won it 33 years before me. I remember, yeah. And his name was on it. And he was proud because he, he wanted me to win. And that, 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 that was a special one. one for Pat, weren't he? Yeah, because Pat, he'd won Pat, it. And Pat then still you won talks it. about it now yeah. to people. He's got a picture of me and him around his gym with that picture with, yeah. with that cup. Oh, and when I picked it up, he, he took that trophy for about a month himself, going all around Birmingham, showing people he'd won it 33 years ago. So that was that was that was That's nice. History, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, Pat, share that. I think um, we went to uh, Jersey. I don't know if you you was there. You no, he wasn't there. No, he wasn't there. But he told me um, I fought that Tommy Mock, and he was he boxed, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a box for um, when well, he's box for England, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one again. No one said nothing. I didn't know until after, and. Um, Paul's come up to me and goes, you know, he's a box for England. I was like, nah, didn't. But the first round, come out. Actually, he's on YouTube, his fighters. I've uh, just come out and I thought, I'm going to have a war tonight. And I've just gone in there and pressured him, pressured him. And caught him with a half uppercut and a, a right hand and knocked him out. And um, we all went out after me, Trevor, George. <laughs> and it looked like... There's jerseys that small. And there's like everyone was in this club. It was in like um, the at the boxing. Every I was getting drinks left, right, and I got absolutely <laughs> hammered, twisted. <laughs> and, and it was funny. Um, and that was when we went to uh, Ireland. When we come back, remember, oh, yeah. we went to Ireland. We got on the way back. Was Everyone was because he was like oh. we went on the ferry. And it was um, very turbulent on the way back. And uh, everyone was being sick. I was, I was all right, though. I was the only one, one of the only ones who was all right. And then I've come in, and I've got uh, some cheese and onion crisps, and I'm eating them. And uh, Trevor's just coming from being sick. And he's coming, he's gone, who's got cheese and onion crisps? But I have, he's gone, <laughs> I'm going running out again, man. Oh, <laughs> it's funny, it's funny. But we had a good time. Then that, was, that was probably one of my best times. It's almost always the, the amateur days. All three of you have picked amateur highlights, and that, that, that's really yeah. normal. That, that's really common. Everybody, it's amazing. It doesn't matter who you talk to. It doesn't matter what they've achieved as, 
as professionals, the, the things they always talk about with most fondness is, is the early days. Um, well, gents, thanks very much for your time. It's been great fun, this. This was a, this was a really good idea, Matt. I have, to, I have to hand it to you, you know, just to get, a, get some, some good, experienced old pros together, just chewing the fat. Uh, having a bit of a reminisce, it's probably quite fun to look back over it all. Um, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you still see each other fairly regularly, but getting the chance to sit down and, and talk about old days is, is everybody always enjoys it, and I've, I've definitely enjoyed listening to it so so thanks very much all of you thank and you andy thank you matt thank you thank you and thanks, thanks matt a lot mate macklin's take will be back uh, next week so that finishes our two-parter in birmingham and we as i say we'll be back next week i'm not sure exactly with who yet that decision has yet to be made but if you could get on to itunes and give us a rate and subscribe and, and all that kind of stuff that'd be great and we'll be back again soon Round a corner Could that someone Be Mac the Knife There's a tugboat Down by the river, don't you know Where a cement bag Just drooping on down Oh, that cement is just It's there for the way to dare Five will get you ten old Mackies Back in town Sports Social Podcast Network With Lucky Land Slots You can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved We are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here We were getting lucky in the limo And we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.